like family with Brenda Donoghue. Hello and welcome. Well, one of the great joys in the autumn years is the arrival of grandchildren. On this like family, we explore the deep connection between children and their grandparents. And you can join the conversation on Twitter at Brenda Donoghue or email brenda at rte.ie. I do think about it because not everybody has their grandparents. So I'm lucky to have both grandparents and they're still pretty young for their grandparent standards. So, uh, so... <laughs> <laughs> You've just liked your granddad, have you? Yeah. That is 17-year-old James Casserly from Lucan. He has cerebral palsy and juvenile arthritis, but there is nothing he likes more than teasing his granddad, Tom. Well, you referee still at 68 years of age and still refereeing Gaelic games, yeah. Just about. <laughs> they get on very well. And their shared love of sport, particularly soccer, keeps them going. How will we fix for the trip to Liverpool the weekend? Good, yeah. Have you everything organised? Yeah, bus organised of the Belfast. We're staying in Stay City, accessible room. It's only 14 minute drive away from the stadium. Tom explains their connection. I mean, James came to us 17 years ago and he's had challenges all his life. So I've, I've been there from the start. As I say, we've bounced off each other quite well. He's, he's a devil. Do I, he, he keeps me going. Do I ain't getting as much out of this as he is. Well, for instance, he has me at 67 years of age going back to do a summer school in Galway University. And it was all about the centre for disability and the laws. I would never do that only for James. So, as I say, I get more out of this probably than he does. But let's get back to when James was a baby. Mum Vicky noticed he wasn't hitting his milestones. When James was seven months old, I noticed he wasn't reaching physical milestones. And something in me was just, it just wasn't sitting with me. And I was a single parent at the time, actually. So I sought a referral to Crumlin, to a lovely man, Dr Costigan. He started physiotherapy with James, occupational therapy, trying to roll out and give time to catch up. And James wasn't. So when he was two, he was diagnosed with cerebral palsy. I was terrified. I didn't know if it was physical, intellectual, didn't know what to expect. And I remember Dr. Costigan saying to me, he's still your little boy. And I think I just had to digest it. And no matter what it was, no matter what the outcome, we were going to we're going to live life like I still had my son we just got on with it the 8th of May he was four and a half and he took his first independent steps and that morning I was told he probably won't ever take his steps now I didn't care if he did or he didn't once he was happy getting around and Dr Costigan gave me that you know gave me that kind of once you're happy we kind of were plodding along and he had neurosurgery then and he had to relearn to walk two years rehabilitation so you know ultimately I suppose from the time he was little I had to give up full-time work but I suppose through all of it, he's just been a rock star. We wouldn't have got there without the support of my family and my dad. I think that's made James the remarkable young man he's turning into. And yes, he is remarkable. James is using his love of travel to shine a light on wheelchair users' experience of Ireland's public transport systems. He intends to travel to all 32 counties. He posts his experiences on social media under Jimbo's Accessible Adventures. So how many counties has he done so far? done 27. I'm doing Tyrone on 31st of October. Where did you get this idea? I just, you know, and I watched it on different YouTubers and I noticed that there was nothing 
wheelchair and how accessible transport was for wheelchair use in Ireland and in other countries. Already you've done so much work in terms of people's awareness of accessibility issues. What's your ultimate goal? So my end goal is to be an MEP basically. An MEP? Yeah. I just want to advocate for people's rights, people with disability and their rights. Do you have a plan? You're 17 now. You do have a plan. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Not next year, but in six years' time, I want to be running for MVP. Knocking on the doors. Yeah. Looking for the votes. Yeah. Wow. Will you have Grandad tagging along with you? Will you allow him? Hopefully, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You're still around. Tom, do you sit there and go, my God, in the early days when you were going through the medical struggles that you were going through, did you ever think that you'd be looking at somebody saying, I have a plan? No, couldn't see anything like that coming down the line. Our, our concerns when he was younger as, as what kind of future he had at all as regards mobility and stuff like that. He had some really tough times uh, for James. And we had one Christmas when he was in an elongated wheelchair, which I wouldn't fit him. on a bus or a car. We had to wheel him everywhere. And he was in pain all the time. And he never complained about the pain. So as regards this kind of uh, this kind of thing, no, we could never have foresaw that. But he's very intelligent and everything comes across. It stays in there and it comes out when he needs it to come out. For Mum Vicky, their easygoing relationship is a source of great joy. When I'm looking at them sitting there chatting, I just think of the amount of memories that we have. Just the friendship, the chats that James has described his granddad as his best friend to me. And his confidant, really, he makes him feel unstoppable. For me as a parent, to have my parents support me and my child in that way, I think we're just extremely lucky, but I love, like, they bicker. <laughs> they do bicker, and it's very funny. But they're brilliant, and it's great fun, but it makes me really happy to see both of them so happy. They're still talking football. Sorry, go no, ahead. Yeah. <laughs> they're always talking football. I suppose, to be a bit deep about it, that benefit of intergenerational experience as well. As my dad said, James brought him along as a PA to Galway University. And they both had a learning experience, you know, two different experiences, but incredible for both of them. Each of them are still learning something new from each other every single day. And how lucky are we to have that? And there are even more adventures ahead for James. He's working on his soccer coach in badges. I coach under 17 and under 19 soccer team in school. I have two badges right now, yeah. but I'm going to get my first wave of badge hopefully soon. Well, James has, I shouldn't say this in front of him really, but he has a great personality and he has an even better laugh. He's infectious as a human being and he gets something into his mind to get it done, he gets it done. So, I mean, that's what that's the best thing I can say about James. I, as I said, I don't get this determination from, from nowhere, being there every step of the way and if I ever need him, he's always at the end of the phone. Determined also he is to make sure I have a good future and a good life. Kira Carusa is a forward with the Republic of Ireland women's soccer team. Born in San Diego, Kira qualifies to play for the Republic of Ireland because of the grandparent rule. Every time I walk on that pitch, it's the same feeling comes over me as I did the first time, as I did the last time I did this, you know, just a few weeks ago. 
is thinking of my grandparents, my papa, my grandy, and I'm lucky enough to still have my grandy here with us today. But I always think when I'm especially when I'm on that center circle or when I'm when I'm about to come on the field and I cross that that line, it's those two are the two that I always think of first. Her grandparents are Burl and Tony, originally from Leash and Cork. My grandy, she grew up in Leash, grew she was born in Emo, and my papa grew up in Cork. And uh, shortly after they were married in Ireland, uh, they decided that they wanted to go and work in New York. My granddad always says that her mom at, at the time just was like, okay, but as long as you're coming back, as long as you're coming back, right? So they were always saying a year just to go work, to live a bit of a life, and then come back over, start a family, all of the above. So uh, they move over to New York. My granddad gets a job. And my papa is working in Canada and in, and in the States. And I just vividly remember them talking about stories of how the the winter there was quite terrible that year. And there would be snow up to your, you know, your hips out in the streets and that the whole city would shut down. But but for my granddad and my papa, it was so, so important having just come over to America to be at work every day and to be purposeful and to show that grit and that purpose that they had coming over. And so my, my papa would put my grandy on his back in the snow and he would walk her on his back to the bus station every day, then put her on the bus and get her to work. And she'd show up at work and she'd be like the only person there, like woman, man, she'd be sitting at that desk and her boss would walk in and be baffled to see her every day. And I just, I love that story so much because it's such an epitome of like this spirit and this kind of mentality that like I feel like I even have in me like this stubbornness of like I will be there and I will get it done and when others don't show up I show up I find that that spirit is also inside of me when I get on the pitch but I did that spirit that doesn't die in you or just that that showing up every day and the importance of showing up every day I think that's something I really got from them I look now in the way that I grew up with them and and how special and how lucky I am to have had the, these two worlds combined. And even as a, as like a child, I, I tell the story sometime of on Thanksgiving, I always spend it in Burlingame with my, my granddad and my papa. And we would always have very Irish dishes for Thanksgiving, right? Like in, a, in America, they'd be like, oh, like the turkey, the stuffing, the blah, blah, blah. And I'm sitting there talking about what I had for Thanksgiving dinner. And I was like, oh, my favorite thing is trifle. And I just remember like, and the pavlova. And like turn up and people are like, what are you talking about? But again, when you're like a young kid in like elementary school, it's just the most normal thing. Now I look back and I think, wow, what a privilege and like what an honor to have that like story and that history so deeply in us in like the funniest of ways though. I mean, like explaining to people what trifle was, was actually ridiculous. Like explain that to a bunch of second graders. It's just insane. Or like plum pudding and like setting it on fire. <laughs> Like, I was like, screw birthday cakes. Like, you want to set your cake on fire. Like, that's the cool thing to do. Oh, that's turned out to be a great ball for Carusa. And across to Carusa. 3-0. Well, they may have had a penalty turned down, but they didn't give it up. And came straight back. And there was Carusa to stretch the lead in the 49th minute. You get your Irish citizenship. You're going to play for Ireland. Tell me about calling your grandmother. Yeah. So when I finally got, like, my passport comes through, I get it in person. I'm like, oh, my gosh. And then I get a call that I'm, I'm coming in for the camp. That was, like, it was just a whirlwind. It, it happened so quickly. When I call my grandie, I send a photo of 
my passport to her. And I kind of remember saying to her, I was like, look, it's you and me. We're the same. So when I was holding my passport, I just thought about how a younger grandy like holding her passport and I know it seems so ridiculous but I felt sentimental in that way that felt like I was holding something like a forever thing it makes me so much happier to know that like I represent my grandy my papa and my family on a level of which I could never imagine and nor could they to be able to give her on her birthday a few years ago, I gave her my first ever Irish jersey. It was our game against Greece. I didn't get on the field, but it was my first ever worn jersey. And I gave it to her for her birthday. And I swear, like, the both of us cried because it was just, like, this accumulation of pride. I always have this thing that when I give a jersey to someone, I, I always give it to someone who I really believe will take care of it and will cherish it the way in which I, I have and I do. And, like, it's a special thing that I've worn. It was something I always knew I would give to her because I was, like... You and Papa, this jersey is worn not by me, but it's also worn by you. It's worn by Papa. It's worn by our families. Hello. Grandy, hi. Can you hear me? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, perfect. It's 89-year-old Burl on the phone. Are ready for your game on Friday? Oh, my gosh. Are you ready for my game Friday? <laughs> I'm I'm so excited. Yeah, I'm in Ireland right now, and I know we're preparing for Friday, so it's already Tuesday. It feels like it's right around the corner. I was so excited because um, here my granddaughter is representing her grandparents, but what I was very sad about is that her papa wasn't there to see it or see, you know, he was so involved with her growing up. He would have loved to seen her be playing for Ireland in number 18. Oh, yeah. And I'm very happy that Kira saved her first jersey. And I have a picture of it in my kitchen of us both together. And Kira has that now, the two of us together in number 18. Grandy, honestly, it was one of the best Christmas gifts I've ever been given because <laughs> I was looking at you and I was like, she, you wear it just as good as I could ever wear the jersey. <laughs> when I walk out my bedroom door, Papa is right across on the wall and um, I will every day, I talk to him and I say good morning and take care of me today. And when Kira's playing, I say look out for Kira today you know she's playing and I tap his picture and um, <laughs> it's so I know that he's watching over her yeah. and won't get hurt gosh Grandy I, I so I love that so much and he'd be I mean honestly he'd be my biggest fan <laughs> <laughs> they chat away and a last word from Kira and how the grandparent rule has changed her life. It's the most beautiful thing that I could say that I've done in my adult life. That pride that I bring them and all is just as important as the pride that it brings me. Getting to play for Ireland and getting to do that through my grandparents. So I, I thank them every day. I thank my papa and I thank my grandy all the time. Every Friday, for the last four years, a group protest outside the Dáil. It's called Fridays for Future, and they're calling on the government to start acting on climate change. 
in the soil. Amongst them are Patrick and Cathy Davy, both in their 80s. We've been coming here for four years because dealing with climate change is so critically important. It's important because we have grandchildren who are going to inherit the world. They've got to live with whatever a mess or otherwise we, we live with them. Every week we're here, a group of friends with different banners and the particular one that I'm showing is a scarf that my wife knitted. It's about 10 feet long and it's basically it's blue at one end and then it gets a little bit lighter blue and then it gets white and then it starts going red and it ends up deep, deep red. And that gives a visual picture of how the world has warmed just over the last 150 years. Cathy, yourself and Patrick have been coming in here for over four years. Well, well pre-COVID. How many grandchildren do you have? Nine. <laughs> We're here for our grandchildren and for everybody else's grandchildren too because we need to make sure they're going to have a, a livable future. And it's not just the grandchildren in this country, it's for all the anybody anywhere in the globe. You have your poster here, Cathy. I do, and it's on a stick, and it catches the wind terribly today. <laughs> but it says, beep for climate justice on one side, and the other half, beep for climate action. We thought we'd been there, done that, everything by now. Yeah. But um, no, and it's getting more and more urgent. And the thought of just sitting at home, when you could be out here, trying to raise awareness. Patrick, nine grandchildren. Nine grandchildren. Do you yeah. feel that when you look at them, that you have both influenced them and how they are in terms of their values? Well, we certainly hope so. They are interested and engaged, uh, particularly one of the daughters over in America is very much so. And our granddaughter here is actually here on, the, on this demonstration with us, holding up her banners saying, climate justice. So well, yes, she is engaged and in interested. And speaking of their grandchildren, Hello, Roshan, you're on the protest as well. Hello, yeah. Tell me a little bit about you. How old are you? I'm 12. I'm here because of my grandparents, yeah. I don't think I would have known as much as I do about this climate action that needs to be done if it weren't for them. And I go to them every Wednesday, which I'm very lucky about, and I get to hear about all of these. Well, I help them make banners, and for one of their things that they did, I helped them make a few plaques. What was it? For COP26 outside Glasgow, we made a huge scarf <laughs> and all the banners were going to add up to a mile and a half and they were going to be recycled for uh, the homeless and yeah. refugees. They were all made of wool and blues and greens with our own messages on them. And it was fantastic. And you had your granddaughter and helping you. And she designed them. one herself yeah, yeah. Made and made, made them herself. Yeah. yeah, so she's been at it a long time. Yeah, that's when I was nine. <laughs> And Roshi and I, I'm looking at you and your grandparents here. Is it lovely to actually share a common interest? Yeah, it really is. It really means, it feels like you're part of it, you know? It brings me very much closer to my grandparents. It's just amazing. My grandchildren, I think, are proud of us, but they may have reservations. <laughs> they probably think we're just a wee bit crazy, but I think they respect us. Is that right, Roshi? Uh, yes, that is very true. Yeah. <laughs> right answer. <laughs> we think about the, the planet a great deal. Obviously, personally, from our, our grandchildren's point of view, we will be here every Friday from now until we're immobile. 
and, and you know, who knows at the age of 83 how long that will be. I mean, we are doing this for the young people who are going to inherit the, the, the planet and particularly, of course, for our own grandchildren who are at the moment very special. Who knows, we might even have great-grandchildren one day and even just as much for them. What are you feeling? A bit full, a bit full of all the emotions because time isn't on our side. It's not fair that we've had it so good and they are going to have a pretty awful time unless we grown-ups do something about it quick. And grandparents, I love their grandchildren most desperately. Who's that granddad there? That's when I was on Opportunity Knocks as Nana Muscori. Who is Nana Muscori? <laughs> Nana Muscori was a very famous singer. That's impressive. That's granddad Mike Williams and his 14-year-old granddaughter, Chloe Byrne. Mike lives with Chloe and her family in Waterford. They are looking at one of the many scrapbooks Mike has from his extraordinary entertainment career. He is, now wait for it, Ireland's only quick-change comic mime artist. It is the shared love of music and performance that is a special bond between Chloe and her granddad. My granddad means, like, everything to me. He's the reason I got into singing. He pushed my mum to get me into singing lessons. And every single show I go to, he's there. He's a big smile on my face, always waving from the audience. We always have the chats in the kitchen. He always shows me the kind of music he listens to. I show him the kind of music. I listen to. I can trust him with Atten, like, he's the best. <laughs> and when I see him in the audience, it just makes me feel, like, better, because he's there supporting me, and it's so lovely to have. Chloe, when you see me give thumbs up in the front row, it means go for it, drive it on. That's Chloe right there in the front of it with the Irish Youth Training Choir. It's beautiful. You can see her there. There she is, right there. Yeah, it's absolutely gorgeous. When you're going to see Chloe perform, tell me about what that means. Going to see Chloe, the first thing I have to figure out is to get the right suit on, to look <laughs> the part, to look dapper. I am so happy to walk in and see all the choir assembling on stage. And when I look and see Chloe coming in, I see a big smile on her face. And some of her friends are beginning to know me now, so I get a few smiles from the kids. It makes me so, so happy. Mike is no stranger to performance. He was a successful comic mime artist, even appearing on Opportunity Knocks. Now, next from Waterford in Ireland, a most original act, a mime comedian, the name... Mike Williams. An Opportunity Knocks, for those who don't know, was a British talent show hosted by Huey Green. I suppose the X Factor of its day. But what exactly is a quick change comic mime artist? Well, it's a quick change act, uh, all different costumes. I could go from Demis Russo to Nanimous Gory to Al Jolson, Abba, any of them. So where did you come up with the idea? Hilda, my wife, she was crazy into musicals, theatre, singing, dancing. She's the person that came up with the idea of quick change.
costumes. And she designed them all. And her friend Kay was a dressmaker. She made them all. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for a mime quick change artist who goes right out into the lead. He goes into the lead in the studio with a score of 85 points. So now, are you going to you won Opportunity Knox. I remember it at that time. And millions of people would send in their postal votes. Have you any idea how many people voted for you at the time? Can I tell you a funny thing? There was a postal strike in Ireland the 27th of February in 1978. And my wife Hilda got all these postcards and went around all of Waterford, even stopping the guards to sign it to send them in. Now, when that happened, we couldn't send them in, so Waterford Crystal offered to do it. Wow. I'll Amazing. never forget it. I'll never forget it. <sighs> I love it so much. E- even now, though, I'm 83. If I was in a place and there was even karaoke on, I could go up and give it a go. You mentioned your good wife, Hilda. When did she die? When did she, when did she leave you? Uh, the 20th of January, 2008. And you miss her, I presume, a lot. Every You're... every moment, every moment. But I talk to her every night and every morning and ask for help to keep the family happy and keep everybody healthy. Oh, to live here with Chloe yeah. and the family, oh, it's I can't describe the way I feel. So much activity here with the grandchildren coming and going. When you were younger growing up, did your granddad tell you all these wonderful tales? Yeah, he used to always tell me all the stories about him going on stage. And I think it inspired me to go and get more into going on stage, working with um, other people who love music. Like, it's really inspired me to kind of go on and pursue music more. We're very, very comfortable together. You're, you, you're making me um, a bit emotional. Oh. When you speak about Chloe, it makes me so, so happy. Do you sing together, Chloe? Yeah, we do. We sing We sing a few songs together. Would you like to hear one? Chloe, you're putting me into a situation. <laughs> we'll give it a go. To me, singing is just being with her. What are you we'll going to say? Go. Let's go fly your kite. Okay, off you go. And just before they sing, I would like to say a big thank you to all the grandparents and grandchildren who spoke to me. And thank you for listening. We let Chloe and Mike sing us out. Oh, let's go fly a kite up to the highest height. Let's go fly a kite and send it soaring up to the atmosphere, up where the air is clear. Oh, let's go. Fly 